Hello and welcome to the Mixed Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. All right, party people, we're glad to be back here in the building. Uh, so for tonight's episode, we're jumping out at you with uh, Streamer No Stream of Erica Banks' project, Diary of a Flow Queen. And we're also going to give you another treat And that's an old school artist spotlight of our man, Mystical. And right before we jump into it, we're going to do our social media plugs. So you can follow us on social media at Mix Era Rap Pod on Instagram. Again, that's Mix Era Rap P-O-D on Instagram. And you can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. Uh, Check us out. uh, Send us any questions or comments. Uh, We're getting ready for a live show. So we definitely like some, uh, some feedback on topics that we can do on the on the live show. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. As always, you can find me across all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, WeChat. Send me a message on there. Mixcloud for DJ Mixes at the 313 Kid. Uh, Check out Mixcloud. Just uploaded Latinos in El Trap, a Latino trap mixtape. It's about 75 minutes. Get that in your eardrums this weekend. All right. That's what's up. I uh, checked out about 10, 15 minutes of it today and it is straight fire. So y'all definitely make sure y'all check that out and we're going to bounce it back to Reaper and he's going to take us through this stream or no stream for Erica Banks. Reaper, take it away. So uh, like BY said, today we're doing Erica Banks. The album is Diary of a Flow Queen or the Flow Queen? Eh? Flow Queen. So first off, we're going to play one of the songs that we found was most notable. I believe we're playing Trick. And we'll start the questions off right after that. And here we go. Pat. Real get dying on the floor. Bro, I ain't paying, let them go. Please give me that cash, look at that. Give them a show. Get what I want. Ain't no n- selling me no. No, he a trick. Over there wild, breaking the pockets, he a trick. And that was Erica Banks track trick. Take it away, Reaver. All right. So let's talk about the just let's get straight into it. The if you ask me, elephant in the room, the name of the album is Diary of the Flow Queen or a Flow Queen. I'm going to check and make sure it's is it the uh, the Flow Queen. Okay, Diary of the Flow Queen. So not a the the Flow Queen. What do you think about the flows? What do you think about the raps on the album? Because personally, I went in to the album not just baseline, but slightly above baseline. Like if you're going to call yourself a flow queen in the title of the album, not on a song, on the title of the album, you got to be like rapping. So Kev or B-Wise, what did y'all think about the raps on the album, the lyricism? I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't expecting a lot. I, I'm so you can say that. <laughs> I I did go into the album with the open mind. I'm not familiar with a lot of her work, but you know, if you say her name, then I know who you're talking about. The first half, I did like the first half. I think that you know, the beats fit the way she raps, and I think that's key. Uh, I think you know, a lot of times you can kind of get away with some of your content. If, if the beats and the way you're rapping kind of match up real good. And I think that's what was a key to her. 
I did have moments where I was like, it's similar to Cardi B. And I think that it's easy to kind of compare uh, some of the females out here today to other females, which I don't know. At times, I think it's kind of unfair, but I did it anyway. I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to figure out where she could place at among the, you know, I guess the big names and stuff. But, you know, overall, it just matched. It, it, it was a it was a good flow. The beats were, you know, tailored to her voice. So I, I did like that aspect of it. I got a comment on that. B-Wise, you want to say something about uh, lyricism or no? Yeah, I'll jump in and just say that, you know, if you have a trap beat, uh, she can make words rhyme over the trap beat. <laughs> that's that's rude. And that's it. Number number in response to uh, Kev, I think clearly the the comparison is Meg, not Cardi B. Yeah, I mean, I can see that too, though. I can see that in some aspects. I can see that too. I, I mean, I think, you know, I, but I also could think of, you know, what song, though? Like, it was certain songs where I, I could see Meg and it was other songs where I could see Cardi. But I... Nah. Okay. Nah. I mean, but, you know, I'm... I, because Meg... Meg and Cardi B are better rappers than Erica Banks, but better rappers as far as what rapping or just the rapping and the both the, how they flow. I'm talking about the flow. I'm talking about the words. I'm talking about the delivery. All of that. They're both better than Erica Banks. And even you could, and again, this might be a hot take, but uh, you could throw both of them above Erica Banks. You could even uh, Cardi B at the top because of versatility like i know it's a sore spot for some people talking about her invasion of privacy album being on rolling stone at number 15 or whatever it didn't deserve to be that high but it deserves to be acknowledged because um it's not just bodag yellow and it's not just you know uh up songs like that for the club you know she had some versatility on there talking about personal you know growth and relationships and a whole bunch of stuff different tempos of beats and stuff so um and even she's been featured on like Maroon Five songs and like, and she uh, got raps in Spanish like on regular home songs and stuff. So, no, nah, she's got more rapping ability than I think people give her credit for. Right. And Erica Banks is not that. Like, sorry, it's it's uh more respectful than uh whatever Bys just says. She can make rhyme rhymes or whatever he just said. No, I'm I'm not saying that she's comparable to Cardi B, but. I think, you know, some of her flows is similar to hers or even Meg's. But, yeah, you know, Meg and Cardi are light years ahead of uh, Erica Banks. And, I mean, just the the charts, the award shows, the videos, the even the fan base has proven, you know, that Erica Banks is not there yet. I don't even think she's, you know, top five females now. I mean, she's doing her thing right now. I mean, yeah, but I mean, is it really clicking though? With with you know, just in the, like just like in as far as you know, her fan base or well, you know what in the media, huh? Well, you know what that segues into the next song that we're gonna play. Uh, please be wise. Throw on designer, and here we go. In the club, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chanel. Fendi in the club. Yeah. If he ain't bought a bag, why the f he in the cut? We rockin' designer. 
We rockin' designer. We rockin' designer. We rockin' designer. We rockin' designer. We rockin' designer. If he ain't bought a bag, why the f he in the cut? Chased up in that LV, big cops like 12 G. Problem to come tell me, cause I'm hot now like I sell beats. Big knots with an attitude, long hair with a ponytail. Young cow when I'm pulling up, cause he need that and he nothing well. I love that Versace before I leave, he gon' tie me. Talk it cause I'm cocky, he bought it, don't say for mommy. All right, and that was Designer by Erica Banks. Yeah, so your question or your comment, Kev, was is it clicking with. The people, is it clicking with her fans? Is it clicking with whoever? And I think this is a prime example of yes. So I checked, Erica Banks is 23. She was born in 1998, which is bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> she has, so Trickin has a, a slight sample interpolation, whatever you want to call it, of uh, David Banner's Like a Pimp. Real girls get down on the floor. Okay, cool. And then Designer has. What is it? Do you know what it samples? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? It sounds like. Come on. Come on. You got oh, it. Oh, gosh. I want to say it's a 3 6 Mafia song. No, not. No. Come on. Not 3 6 Mafia. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's a down south artist, and I cannot think of them right now. It's a group. Come on, man. I can't think of it. I, and, I heard, and I was listening to it, and I'm like, damn, that was it. Oh. In the club, yeah. Yes. Even some of the words are the same. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. It's, Crime Mob. It's stiletto. Yeah, stilettos by Crime Mob. Yeah, by Crime Mob. Yeah. Yes. Crime Mob. That's what it is. So again, that Crime Mob song came out in without looking, maybe two thousand four. You know, she was just a kid, and then uh, the bonus track on the album "Toot That" samples. Uh, do you know that one? Before I tell you, no, not offhand. It's uh, Pop, Lock, and Drop It by Huey. Pop, Lock, and Drop yeah, yeah, It. Pop, yeah, Lock, yeah, and Drop yeah, It. Yeah. Anyway. And again, Without Looking, that song came out in 2006, maybe? 2005 to 2007, somewhere in there. Maybe 05, 06. I don't think it was 07. But anyway, what I'm saying is, like, we've talked about this on other shows with uh, people not sampling, like, 90s rap no more. Like, they're sampling a lot of 2000 to 2010s rap. And... Um, and even uh, the other one that we're going to play, Like Me, has an interpolation of Bet You Can't Do It Like Me by Franchise Boys. So out of her 13 tracks, I believe, on the album, including the intro, so 12 songs, four of the songs, and there might be some other ones sprinkled in there, are sampling or interpolating, that's the word, uh, 2000s rap. So, I mean, I'm sort of leading you with the question, but... I think it is connecting very, very much with people around my age, maybe a couple of years younger, late 20s, early 30s, that remember Stilettos and Pop, Lock, and Drop It and Bet You Can't Do It Like Me. Because in some ways, a lot of these songs were almost like one-hit wonders in some ways, and or maybe two-hit wonders. And um, and then it's also sort of putting the the younger you know people that's like 19, 20, 21 that don't necessarily know those songs, like, oh you can see the the lineage of like southern hip hop you know what i mean you're right and i and i, and I agree but i i would ask a follow up question what is like okay like sitting here listening to it and, and i knew it was crime mob but i just couldn't think of crime mob at the moment so for me being you know early 20s at that time this stuff was you know a hit to me but 
I don't know what because we're I don't live in these states down south. I don't know what the perception is as for a crime mob song outside of Nuck If You Buck in Tennessee or Texas or Kentucky or wherever they were big at. And I say that because I, I do appreciate the fact that this this young lady under the age of 25 can can sample something that, you know, came out when she was, what, five years old, maybe? And, you know. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's, 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 it's you know, you just don't know where people are at. It's like, you know, me playing a Rakim song for my kids. They look at me funny. They be like, dad, this is like super old music. But I can play something from the 90s and it's a little bit more acceptable. But just like like you were saying how how some artists, you know, they, they sample stuff and it's like, oh, I'll give you a good example. So LL Cool J and uh, Greg Nice, they have a um, they have a show on Rock the Bells radios called uh, Salute the Sample. Right. And have you seen the show? Yeah. I've seen it like advertised on YouTube or whatever. I don't really watch it though. But so like a good chunk of like songs they sample are like at least like so they'll play a they'll play the original song and the song that sample. And the and the majority of the time it's like at least a 20 year difference. So they did a they did a um like Jay-Z. For some reason, Jay-Z samples like song like recently you've been sampling songs that's been like one year old. How he found these beats, I have no idea, but they played this song and they, they played this song and it sounded like it was something from the seventies, but it had came out like in 2013 or something. And Jay-Z sampled it the next year. And it's like, you don't really see that one, two year gap in samples. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time it's at least 15 year gap. And I say that because, you know, for this young lady to sample something when she was so young and for the producers to give it to her, I mean, I'm I'm going to assume she had some knowledge of the original song, and that's a good thing because then that means that someone, you know, what I'm saying, was kind of playing this music for her and making her familiar with this sound. Because I mean, she did sound like she did have a similar flow to um the the uh, the, uh, the girls in Crime Mob, and it's like, damn, I I didn't really think of that, you know what I mean? So I mean, it's it's a good thing, but. Is it kind of you know like I always say you know when is hip hop going to pass the torch, and I mean but it, but in cases like this it's kind of like it passing the torch in a way, right? Yeah, because uh, like you just like I mean you could just start off with number one. The argument is hip hop is a is a sample based you know art form from all the way back to uh, the beginning to the hip the hip hop the hippie to the hippie you know what I'm saying? Uh, right, literally the beginning the first song right right. So, uh, we're the second song samples. I'm sorry. Or, okay. Are you going to say Christmas rapping? Is that what we're doing? No, it's, it's not Christmas rapping. The first song was, uh, the fat back band, uh, King Tim. Oh, before, before rappers delight. Yes. Okay. We're not arguing that. Hey, we'll put that, we'll table that for later. <laughs> but what I'm saying is the first song, the set, the beginning of, of hip hop came from a sampled beat, a beat that was not originally a rap song is what I'm saying. So sampling should never die, should never go away. And um, you could just say, yeah, she's keeping, just doing a modern version of that or like an ode to, like I said, the lineage of Southern hip hop with Crime Mob, with Franchise Boys, with Huey, Rest in Peace. That's debatable. 
so I think that's cool, but I think there's also the the Saweetie argument because she came out the first track she came out with was basically a, a air quotes freestyle over Kaya's "My Neck My Back," and then she came out with um, uh, "My Type," which samples P.D. Pablo's Freakalik, which is a banger, by the way. Did it? Yeah, and then. The third song she came out with is uh, Tap In, which samples Too Short, Blow the Whistle. Yeah. And again, which which is also a banger. But the question that people always put on her is just like, we dig that you like, you know, 90s and 2000s hip hop. That's cool. But can you make a song that's not... Because again, she didn't even... I mean, she freaked the beat for my type a little bit. It has more snares in it. But uh, the beat for... The other two are literally just instrumental versions of the previous song. So people were throwing a little bit of shade on her, like, can you make a song that's not just a freestyle or like a mixtape song, basically? You just jack the whole beat. It's not a sample or like retooling, per se. And Erica Banks songs are retooling in a way, but that designer isn't really a retool at all. It's a, it's a remake. For, or a cover for all intents and purposes. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. my question is, is there a line? Should there not be a line? Or, I mean, what do you say? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think that, you know, I, like I said, I would like to see a passing of the torch. I would like to see, uh, um, oh, man. I hate to keep bringing up other shows, <laughs> but... um. Uh, uh, I just saw a, a Method Man interview and he spoke on this where he was saying how other musical genres, they always show love to their vets. He was like, you know, he said, you look at rock music, you know, the new hit rock group can be performing on stage and they will bring out, you know, one of the, the legends on the stage and, and everybody would show this legend love, but you won't see like a, you won't see an Erica Bank. I mean, like you know, I don't know. For females, it's weird because the females will show little Kim love, but a lot of the the the, the younger male artists. I mean, the far as far as they go back is like Little Wayne, but it's like they don't go back past him. And then it's like you know, what do you consider Little Wayne? Do you consider Little Wayne late nineties or early two thousands? I mean, and I hate to say this, but Lil Wayne pre the Carter, so pre-2004 is irrelevant. True, true. I mean, like that stuff that he did was there, but it, it was almost like, like to use a, a sports metaphor, it's almost like 90, you know, whatever year it was, 97, maybe 98, 99, was like he was on the team, but he was like coming off the bench. He didn't become a starter until 2004. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, I I just wish, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, I don't know, it's I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing like somebody bringing out a Big Daddy Kane. You know, I think I think Big Daddy Kane would love that that look with her younger artists say, "Come do this show with me" or "Come jump on this record with me." And I mean, I think people like because when ASAP Rocky came out. And then, you know, his crew, the ASAP mob, they they weren't shy about their down south influences. And they used to bring out No Limit on stage all the time during their shows, like Master P and uh, 
Uh, I guess Silk the Shocker. I don't know. It was, it was, you know, they had so many dudes in that crew, but um, they used to bring them out all the time and they would do, make them say, uh, they would all perform it together. So I think people should bring out people that they're influenced by. I mean, it would be cool to just get Big Daddy Kane on the show, like if he was broke or something and you just wanted to throw him a bone. But, <laughs> and again, I'm not saying Big Daddy Kane is broke, but, but I'm saying like, if uh, if Erica Banks brought out Big Daddy Kane, I don't think it would match. I don't think people that's listening to Erica Banks are checking for Big Daddy Kane. But if she brought out, but if she brought out Crime Mob, that would make sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Even like if she did a remix to the song and and Crime Mob, e- even if it's just Princess or the other girl, I can't think of her name in Crime Mob. Diamond and Princess, yeah. Yeah, Diamond, yeah. I mean, I would like that, you know. Yeah, that would be fire. Yeah, yeah, but we, but, I mean, but still, you know, how often do we really see that though? Um, you're, I, I'll agree. It doesn't happen enough. It, it could happen more, but I don't know. It's like, because you mentioned rock music. Rock music is sort of like that. Like sometime, I mean, I guess in the last ten or fifteen years, it's been easier for them to like do tours and like still play the old songs from the eighties or whatever. But it's like rap, hip hop is so current that like once the trends from the two like i said it's just been become a thing recently the last couple of years to like even acknowledge 2000s hip-hop is like the throwbacks and stuff now and like oh this stuff was cool this stuff wasn't silly you know what i mean it's like uh when when y'all back in the day was doing uh the polka dots like uh what's his name what's that dude's name kwame kwame <laughs> When y'all was doing the polka dots and stuff, it was cool at the time. But like when y'all moved on, y'all was like, "No, nah, that that stuff's played out. We're not doing that no more." And it's not until years later that people can even acknowledge polka dots and hammer pants and like, "Yeah, I was doing that stuff." And people don't want to acknowledge that they was wearing big jerseys and and headbands and and stuff and do rags outside in two thousand three right. until now. So maybe uh maybe it'll get acknowledged. As time goes on, or maybe it's getting acknowledged now. I mean, even in like in the eighties and nineties, you know, you had hip hop artists that, like a uh, uh, hammer. I think he did a. I think he did. If he didn't do a song, he at least did a video with James Brown. Where he sampled like one of his beats or something. You know what I'm saying? That was like a nod to James Brown or what the when the West Coast went funk crazy and you know. Damn, they all of them stopped putting George Clinton and, and Roger Troutman on their records. You know what I'm saying? It was like giving them a shout out from, you know, either sampling or using interpretations of their beats. But I mean, you don't see it a lot today, but you know, you know, I think that, like you said, you know, her remixing this song with Crime Mob would I think would do good for her and Crime Mob. And it's like you know, I, I, I reimagined, like you said, she reimagined a crime mob hit. So why not, you know, show them love too? Yeah. Uh, B-Wise, go ahead and play the third song. Uh, yeah. Before I do that, I'd just like to say that uh, I think you all are giving this artist as well as artists of this time frame way too much credit for the choice of where their music is directed. I think that they walk into a studio the producers tell them what they're going to rap over and they lay down the track and and keep doing whatever they do for the rest of their day. And the next song is right here. Got how like 
Shot in the pit, gon' shake. Bitch can't do it like me. Shot it, got a big in the pit. Yeah, shot it, gon' take. Bitch can't do it like me. Got a whole lot of drill, your be still. Bitch can't do it like me. Wanna talk that talk, your don't still. Can't do it like me. Bitch can't do it like me. Oh God. Bitch can't do it like me. 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 Oh God. Bitch can't do it like me. Bitch. Look, be copying, no, I ain't stopping them. What you expect when you really the mama? Yeah, they be hanging on me and my b- when we in a club, cause we had like a sauna. Came in this with a bottle of three. When I be drunk, I'm out for the drop. Being in my time and he clocking the feet. Light up the wood and we kissing the gun. Oh, wanna talk that shit, but don't really want beat. Wanna talk real slick, but don't really want beat. Be me cause I'm hot and I'm fresh. Hot. to the shit, but I'm hot on a. Talking this shit, say this shit with your chest. Run up them bins and them boys on a hmm. Living, I'm rocking, I love out of poppin'. Don't play with that girl, she a beast. How you gon' talk on the net and gon' talk out your nigga? Don't talk when you talking to me. See, I relax and I don't double back. If I talk to them folks, I'ma talk on the beat. Give me 10K to go put on my feet and I sit on this when I sleep with no leash. Uh, got a whole lot of ass in the bed, gon' shake. Bitch can't do it like me. Yeah, man, and that was Like Me by Erica Banks. So, nah, man, nah, man. You just dogged her and people like her. You said she comes in the studio and, oh, here's a beat. All right, just get on it and then leave. Nah, like for all of these, you know, again, the the Saweeties, the, the Megs to a certain extent, to the Erica Banks of the world, they're clearly looking toward 2000s hip hop or, you know, even Diamond and Princess from Crime Mob, like, similar styled females to them that came before and they're acknowledging their songs taking their beats you know like that's got to be on purpose man it's got to be their producers are paying homage to the people they grew up listening to i don't think so but again i really believe that you are that you are you are talking about people that are in this business not to that they're not making art they're trying to get a check they're trying to get a bag you're, I think you're putting way, you guys are putting way too much thought in what this person did on this album. I mean, but even if, okay, let's, let's just say the producer did bring the beat and bring the sample. Who's to say that she wasn't familiar with the song? Who's to say she wasn't a fan of the song? Who was, who's to say that right. the producer didn't introduce her to this song? I mean, I, like I said, I don't live in the South, so I don't know the impact this song still might have down there, but I know Nuck If You Buck is still an impactful song, not just in the South, but like all over this, you know, all over this country, you know what I mean? Like people still saying, you know, people got memes about Nuck If You Buck and and they reference Crime Mob. So I'm going to assume that Stilettos still has some replay value at least in the South where she's from. So right. I, I can't really say that, you know, she don't know or she's not familiar with the song or the sound. Right. Especially to even copy the flow. Like, right. Come on, man. You got to acknowledge her. Now I will say, cause we haven't talked, we've been a little bit all over the place on this uh, stream or no stream, but I will say, I think the album has a bit of sameness throughout it it was in and here you i want y'all to comment on album length and uh beat selection um i will say i think the album moved really fast like i looked down and i was already on track 10 or so i think that's because some of the track lengths 
aren't so long. A minute 47 on one or two I saw, two minutes and 20, something like that. But um, there is a bit of sameness. Like, I wish the whole album wasn't almost the same tempo. No. You, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. It it did get to a point that, you know, I was, uh, I was, you know, I, I, I looked down and it was like track three. And then I looked down again. I'm on track seven, and I'm thinking I was still on track three. It is, it's, it, I mean, it did have that. It had a good flow, but yeah, stuff did feel like it was the same thing. And we know B Wise is not going to like it at all. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, the length of the album was, you know, it is what it is for a current album. The songs were fairly short. Okay, yeah. See, thirty-four minutes. Wow, that's short. That's real short. I thought it was a. Uh... Short, but yeah, it's even shorter than that. But like, but like you said, some of the songs it was like a minute and a half. Yeah, but again, he did like two verses. But again, I appreciate. Yeah, well, it seemed like it was two hours to me. You said what? This man out here. It seemed like two hours. There was. It felt like two hours. Oh, yeah. No. He's saying that it's he's saying that it's booty and he doesn't like it. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. Uh, you literally couldn't plug in any other female that's currently rapping, and you could do Asian Doll, you could do Mulatto, you could do Celine. No, you can't do Mulatto. You You could do anybody. Uh, Flo Millie. Anybody could have rapped over these beats. The the highlight of all music made today: trap, grime, whatever those. Uh, uh, drill, all those uh, genres of music. The highlight is the producers. The producers are brilliant. The artists, they're all saying the same thing. You know, same thing. I'm the hot. I'm the hot chick. I'm hot in the clubs. All the men want me. I'm getting at that bag. The themes are fluid throughout all the entire track. They don't change. The, they don't change. There's very little artistry in you saying the same thing. 13 different times or 12 different times. If you don't include the interlude, there's no, I just don't, I don't see any, I don't see any effort in that. I don't see any skill level and saying the same thing, 12 tracks. I don't, I'm sorry. Sure. I mean, well, we've established that she's not the flow queen. We've established that. However, are you saying there's no redeemable tracks, nothing that you'd give thumbs up to on 13 tracks? 12 if you don't count the intro again fortunately for me i no longer play events where i have to play music like this so no that's not what i asked you that's not what i there's asked nothing you. redeemable to me on the on the project because i don't have luckily i don't have to play any of it all right well moving on i think uh <laughs> with that being said i think we should move on into uh stream or no stream kev give us your final thoughts uh, wrap it up in a bowl and tell the people stream it or don't stream it. I, I'll say this for me, it's it's a uh, it, it'll probably be a no because, like like I said, you know, about halfway through, it did it started to feel the same um, for that last half of the album, and that's the only reason I'm saying no. But overall, I think if if you know if I had to go like a thirty minute drive or something, and I played it. I think I could get through it. Okay. I know it sounds weird, but yes, it's it's a no for me, unfortunately. Be wise. Yeah. Sadly for me, you know, um, I wish the young lady all the best in the future. I think that uh, she's going to really step up to a big bag 
And I hope that she's able to manage it well so that her family and uh, offsprings can use that money for the rest of their lives as well. So I, I give her love for that, but uh, it's, a, it's a no for me. Y'all wild, man. Okay. I do think it's some sameness. I do wish, uh, you know, if the, because a lot of the tracks are between, I don't know, 58, 59, 60 BPM and 70. I wish there was something just a hair faster, even 85, you know? So I wish it was, but at the same time, half of this record is made for the club. I think all the ones that we played on top of Toot That and I don't know, I don't have the track list in front of me, are, are literally made for the club. So I'm going to be getting these tracks on. And I think, you know, summertime right now, you're outside with some, not necessarily young, you know, 19, 20, 21 people, but younger people. This stuff is being played in the background while people kicking it and stuff like I don't really have any issues with the the music overall as far as kicking it. I will say to uh, people out there that, that like uh, yeah, sex rhymes and, you know, booty and stuff like that, go out of your way to turn on some of the music videos for this album. Because I told uh, Kev off air, it's probably as much skin and booty cheeks as you could show on YouTube without getting your page banned. It's on YouTube? Yeah. With uh, look at him clicking in the background, but it's probably as much skin and uh, booty cheeks as you could show on YouTube without getting banned. There's one video where it takes place in like a it's supposed to be like a sex store slash video store, and um, she's got on like a cosplay costume, and literally you can see the outlines of her areolas. It's not showing the whole thing, so they're not breaking any rules, but you can see it, and it's like. All right, now don't get y'all page canceled or deleted for uh, breaking the rules and regulations of YouTube. But if you're into that sort of thing, uh, go for that. And um, yeah, we've listened to a lot of gluteus maximus, a lot of bad music on this show uh, for the sake of stream or no stream. And this is not one of them. Um, despite y'all not liking it or y'all having issues, it's not as bad as some of the stuff that I've said no stream. And for the club's sake and for everything that I just mentioned, I'm going to say stream. All right. That's what's up. And with two no streams. All right. And that was our segment streamer. No stream of Erica Banks, new project. Diary of the Flow Queen. All right, now, so we get ready to jump into it with our old school artist spotlight of our man, Mystical. And we're going to kick it off with one of the songs that we thought was notable from our man. And that was Here I Go. Y'all motherfuckers ain't ready 
Yeah, man. And that was Here I Go by a man, Mystical. And that was from his uh, album. Yes, Mind of Mystical, his debut album. Uh, also, some other things we've uh, just like to say about the man is, uh, you know, he was born uh, Michael Lawrence Tyler in uh, New Orleans. He's uh, born in 1970, so he's 51. He's around my age. And, uh, you know, uh, one thing that I know a lot of people don't know about him is that he is a veteran, a military veteran. He was part of the United States Army. He was a combat engineer and uh, he started his musical career after leaving the military. Yeah, I believe he went to not Desert Storm, Kuwait, maybe. Yeah, he was in Desert Storm. Yeah, which is wild. <laughs> yep. He when he came back from Desert Storm, that's when he was able to get on with uh, the music thing. So, uh, fellas, your thoughts on the career of Mystical, Kev? Well, here you want to uh, explain to the people the uh, old school artist spotlight, like the the point of the segment. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the point of the old school spotlight is to enhance, give flowers to an artist that the mainstream may not think of on a regular basis. His name is not called in the top five rappers or the top 10, but that he had a body of work that was worth receiving flowers for. And uh, actually, Mystical is one of our newer artists that we've uh, reviewed. Uh, on the show. So we definitely want to, you know, give flower to some of the newer artists as well. So very appreciative of uh, Reaper and Kev bringing this to the show. And again, uh, you know, not somebody I think about on a regular basis for myself, but uh, after listening to his discography this week, I was like, yeah, man, you know, he put in some work, you know, he, he did some things that were very different. You know, when you heard his albums, they weren't the same. He had, you know, some hits that were similar but in general, the overall feel for the albums, I was very, very just you know taken back that he did not give you the same thing on you know uh, each album. He was very different, I, I, and I and I appreciate that of him. So that's what I would say uh, as far as his discography for me. He had uh, uh, quite a bit of variety that I wouldn't think of an artist uh, like him from the South, you know. And uh, you know, um, he was a part of No Limit as well as. Um, um, he was with another um, camp before that, a uh, big boy record. So, you know, he's, um, you know, been around for a minute and uh, got to give him love for that. But Kev, your thoughts on Mystical's career and discography? Yeah, you know, I've always been a fan of Mystical. Uh, I think, you know, I think one of my earliest, I guess, how I found his music was actually through uh, uh, UNLV, the diss track they had against Mystical. You know, I thought it was, you know, I was like, I like the song. It's a diss track. I had no idea who Mystical was at the time. And, you know, I had a guy, you know, back then in the 90s, we were, you know, we were still, you know, tape trading or CD trading. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't no internet where you can go download stuff. You just had to, you know, somebody had to either tell you or give you a copy of something so you could, you know, find out a lot of this stuff. But, 
you know, I always been a fan since, you know, really since I discovered his music. Um, you know, you know, part of me has always said that I wish he would have I wish he wouldn't have had that beef with the cash money guys, because I think that I think Manny Fresh and Mystical would have made a good team together. I would have loved to see them on, you know, cash money. But that's not to say, you know, Mystical and, and the work he did with um, No Limit and Beast by the Pound wasn't good. I, I don't know. I just feel like Manny Fresh would have just gave him just a little bit more of an edge. But, you know, I still enjoy his music. Um, I still listen to his stuff today. You know, the uh, the Unpredictable album, uh, the Mind of Mystical, Ghetto Fabulous, all that stuff. Man, I still play it. It's just, you know, he was so, he was just, he's so unique, you know, how he can do the fast and he like slow it down and the sound of his voice. Um, I mean, just so unorthodox and, and it, it just works. You know, he's one of the few guys that just has this unusual, crazy style, but he still could create good music. And, you know, and he has like, you know, he just has like so many songs that kind of fit different things. Like he could do a street song. He could do a song on the radio. He could do a club banger. I mean, you know, he just don't get enough attention at times. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, you know, like with so many, so many people doing, you know, hip hop podcasts, I don't know, you know, maybe somebody give him a call and, and really, you know, drink champs or to live quietly, maybe, you know, can sit down with him and let him like tell his story. And hopefully he can get a, a, a you know, introduce himself to a newer fan base or just people who just forgot about him and, you know, and see what that can lead him. But, you know, I always thought he was a dope artist and um, I'm glad he was brought to the table today. Yeah, he uh, did a, uh, like a 90 minute interview with Vlad, DJ Vlad for Vlad TV. So, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think that would be cool. He might actually have a Drink Champs. You know, they got so many episodes and, um, and I love Drink Champs, man, but it's sometimes just a task to watch it. It's like yeah. three and a half hours of like, all right, man, I got other, I got other stuff to do. <laughs> I got other stuff. You got to watch the clips of the show. Um, but you know what, though? The, uh, I don't know if you, do you know uh, Mav Hoffa? He used to be a battle rapper. No. Mav Hoffa's podcast is, is um, it's about to, it might, it's going to become the best hip hop podcast next year because he's slowly really getting it. But I him, I think, I think he would do a good mystical interview though. But I'm going to check out the Vlad, even though I don't care for Vlad too much though. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, so. I think it's also worth acknowledging he got his name mystical because in the late 80s, he started out as a B-boy. He was a break dancer and his original name was Mystical Mike, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. And eventually he just dropped Mike and just decided to become mystical. But um, yeah, he he's talked about uh, on record that the the cash money stuff. So it's funny that you acknowledged. Uh, there's actually some videos of him in the studio with uh, Manny Fresh on some songs that never came out, I guess. But about how he would have liked to work with uh, Manny Fresh or just Cash Money overall, but he was with No Limit. But how also No Limit helped him like put out more stuff because Master P was just like, put it out, put it out, put it out, you know. So I think there was some good and some bad with that. But um, just like a. A lot of rappers, unfortunately, he had issues outside of music, you know, personal issues, 
you know, and going to jail and taxes and stuff that I think derailed his career more than anything. Without a doubt, Reaper, you are totally correct on that. Uh, he even said it in the Vlad interview that uh, his downfall was himself and that he blames no one else. And, you know, the beefs with uh, cash money, and, and he had a lot to do with that as well. And, uh, you know, if he wouldn't have done that, who knows if it couldn't have been a collab, you know, uh, both uh, Master P and uh, little, uh, and Baby are both businessmen. And if a collab was going to be lucrative enough, I do believe they would have put it together. But the beef got so crazy that, uh, you know, he was unable to, you know, those two businessmen weren't able to do business together. Yeah, I and it's really interesting because like uh, Mind of Mystical sounds different from the No Limit era mystical, which sounds different from the, you know, we're going to play Neptune's era mystical. It sounds like three different phases, you know, on top of, like you said, him having a really unique voice, a really unique delivery. And, you know, it, it could have been a storied career for real. But then that's the thing. If he even went to jail, got out of jail, and then came back and started dropping bangers, you know, like it could have even been a more storied career than that. But I don't know. He just couldn't stay out of trouble. Yep. So let's now jump into the next song we thought was notable from our man Mystical, and that was Danger. You know what time it is, nigga. You know what the fuck it is. Danger. Danger. Get on the floor. The nigga right here. Sing it. Been so From the minute I get up, taking their shirt off, running cats, who screaming and hollering and all. Got the gift to come up with it, put it together, deliver, make them feel it, bitch. I've been on shot. Pull me out the pencil sharp. Bang! Like that dude in the principal office. Put rappers and coffee, then dive like dolphins. I'm a dad at the lyrical marvel, you don't jump drunk. Oh, so watch yourself. Fuck around and get beside yourself. I know. Go ahead, though. Bounce them to the shake that ass. Drop that pussy. Stay in line, ho. Fuck a can't cause you can't, can't. Head down, pussy popping on the handstand. See that pussy smoke. If you want to do something, then bend over and bust that pussy. Oh, yeah, and that was Mystical and his track Danger. And that was from his album, Let's Get Ready. And uh, let me just say this. The question on the table for me would be your thoughts. And uh, Reaper touched on this a little bit. But yeah, he had some phases, you know, being that he uh, d did production with uh, Beats by the Pound, Pharrell, and uh, I think he had another producer that he worked with on uh, the album um, Ghetto Fabulous is when he went back. Neither here nor there. He, um, oh, Lil John. He worked with Lil John as well. So I knew I was like three big, uh, three big um, producers. So again, um, Beats by the Pound. Pharrell and the Neptunes and uh, Lil John, your thoughts on the evolution of Mystical uh, Reaper? Well, yeah, kind of just mentioned all that stuff. Uh, it was a toss up between Danger and Shake It Fast. And I actually looked it up and I believe Shake It Fast peaked 
number 13 on Billboard, and I think Danger peaked number 14. So they were both flaming hot tracks for uh, Mystical. And again, people out there listening, look up the uh, Mystical album cover for Let's Get Ready. <laughs> it's so 1999, 2000. It's just like him standing in front of like fire, but it's like Photoshop fire. It looks so funny. But um, funny enough, uh, talking Shake It Fast, uh, something cool that I didn't, that I sort of assumed, but never, it's cool to hear it acknowledged. He said he made Shake It Fast in response to Back That Thing Up from Juvenile, because Juvenile came out with Back That Thing Up in, you know, 98, 99, and just, you know, took over not just New Orleans, but like the whole South and just hip hop, you know what I mean, with that jam. And he was just like, oh man, like, all right, I'm gonna go to the lab and I gotta I gotta put something out in response to that. And it was supposed to be released under No Limit. So it would be like a direct response to the Cash Money, you know, back that thing up track. But he ended up leaving No Limit and then he put it out as the first single on uh, Let's Get Ready when he was um, free from No Limit, I guess you could say. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it it it's of the same ilk, you know what I mean? Booty, booty shaking jams, but... You know, for any, I don't know if, you know, Erica Banks or anybody out there that's a Saweetie or whoever is listening to the show, but I've always said Shake It Fast could be Back That Thing Up, but Back That Thing Up with those snares, it has that bounce. It's got that that New Orleans bounce in there. And even though if you look it up, you know, in in Serato or on, on the computer or whatever, technically Back That Thing Up and Shake It Fast are almost the same tempo. Like if you you know, four, four, one, two, three, four, count it out. It's almost the same tempo, but it doesn't have that same bounce. Somebody needs to rework it and throw some snares in there. Shoot, maybe throw Mystical on the, on the guest verse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm giving y'all a free game, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, in, in my past playing, I have actually scratched in uh, uh, the next song we're getting ready to play with um not no not the next song we're getting ready to play with um back that ass up i've uh actually scratched that in to shake it fast so uh i it's definitely the tempo is just a tad bit too fast so you really can't mix it in but i've been able to scratch it in yeah um and shake it fast has uh me and my friends have been talking about this for years ago what is the wildest opening bar of any rap song and Shake It Fast might be number one for the wildest opening bar of any rap song ever made. Do you guys know the bar, the first bar? What is it? You want to play it, uh, is just the opening bar? <laughs> yeah, I can do that real quick. Give me a quick second here. and Yeah, make sure it's the explicit version, though, not the, not the clean version, or it's not going to. It is, actually. Uh, Amazon did not have any of his uh, clean version, so here we go. That'll do. That'll do. Yeah. It's definitely cold. Oh man. That that is funny. That is funny. Like, yo, yo, is that not is that not one of the the and not even coldness or creativeness, but like is that not top three wildest lines of of all time? Yes. And it's the first line on the on the song. Like, 
wow, you came in hot with that one, boy. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You know, and uh, shows where he was at the time, you know, because shortly thereafter, he was accused of doing the exact same thing. But that's neither here oh, nor there. Man. Dang, man, that is. That's still my dude. <laughs> that is unfortunate, man. Wow. I mean, but, you know, kind of looking over his discography, it's like he had a lot of good songs. And, like, overall, he didn't have, I mean, he had above average albums, though. Yeah. And we and we really don't even, you know, you really don't even touch on, you know, just him as, just, as an artist as a whole. But, yeah, I mean, like, overall, you know, outside of, it, you know, like you said, outside of the personal issues, I mean, just music-wise, I mean, I mean, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, damn! Like from like '94 to 2001, he had six albums that was above average. I mean, you know, he could honestly be a top 10, 20 rapper out of the '90s, to be honest. And again, that's why I think we're trying to, you know, give him his flowers here because a lot of people won't put him in that space. You know, that 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 would be my two cents is that, yeah, people don't put him in that space. But if you look, you know, I looked at uh, uh, as a matter of fact, Reaper got me. Uh, he uh, corrected me this week on that because I was looking at his greatest hits when I should have been looking at each album. But I was like, man, his greatest hits is banging. It is a bunch of creative songs on that joint. So I let Reaper finish this one off. No, I was just saying, because, again, so if we're talking about the retrospective mystical, we don't got to drag him through the mud, but. After he put out uh, the Tarantula album, he got accused of some stuff, some uh, sexual misconduct, let's just say, and was facing life. And he took a plea for six years. So he went to jail for six years and then he got out and then he got messed up for tax evasion twice, I believe. And he got messed up for, I think, assault. And it's just kind of like if he if he would have just did his six came back home, you know, 2000, I don't know, eight or nine and just got straight back to it. He could have been doing his thing in the early 2000s, but he just kept, you know, getting in trouble. And it's not like he was around in the 90s and early 2000s and peaked and then fell off. He put out stuff up until 2002 or 2003 and just disappeared. He just wasn't really ever heard from again, which is unfortunate. And, um, I mean, what's to say? I mean, he might be too old now, but again, he still got his same voice, you know, like what's to say he couldn't put out something now and make it pop again. But I don't know. According to Andre 3000, after a certain age, you need to stop rapping because hip hop means you have to be hip. It implies that you're young and not just an old dude trying to make it shake again. I mean, I think Mystical could get a club banger or two in today's time. I mean, I don't, I say why not? I don't think there's any rules against it as long as you not, as long as you just not, you know, being Big Daddy Kane or, or, or you know, any of those old dudes like back in the 80s, we was doing it better and now the people only concerned about cheddar, you know, <laughs> like as long as they're not doing stuff that's dogging what's out right now. Yeah. I think he could. Why not? Yeah. Because like you said, I think people in the South, too, maybe if you went to Louisiana or went to Georgia, went to Texas, people might have more regard for mystical than New York or Chicago or L.A. I mean, but I mean, that, but that no limit tour is getting received well. 
I mean, they they they're performing at you know fifteen thousand seats arenas, and they're packing them in. And you know, he's you know, I mean, of course, it's no because there's no limit. It's masterpiece labels, and he's going to try to be in the forefront. But I mean, it's easy to say that Mystical is the second biggest person on his No Limits tour. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the state. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, because as much of, and I, I'll say this too, as much of a banger is, uh, here I go is, you could almost take uh, B-Wise exact words and say, like, here I go is a banger because of the beat. And his wild flow is cool on there, but I've never understood why. Y'all better get ready to rumble. It's like, you can't even, it's like really high but then he's like whispering but it's like fast but then it's like slow and again that's what was unique about it but it's like no one can tell me they know any of the words from here i go it's just boom 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 and you just nodding because it's hard you know what i mean but that's what i'm saying it's like i don't know if it's that beat it's that beat clearly the biggest songs are uh shake it fast danger and the track that we about to play but could people just spout off like all of these mystical songs that they know. Maybe, maybe not, you know, nationwide, I mean. Uh, go ahead and play that last one uh, before we get up out of here. Or finish the segment or whatever you want to call it. Just go play, play, the, play the last song. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's what's up. So here we go with another song that we thought was notable, and this is featuring Mystical, and that's Move, Bitch by Ludacris. Bitch, get out the way, get out the way, bitch, get out the way, bitch, get out the way, get out the way, bitch, get out the way. mystical on ludicrous track move bitch and let me just say that i thought in this particular track and i thank uh reaper for bringing it because i totally forgot about him on this track he displayed all the all the levels of his uh artistry that he could you know uh he came with his his his, his raspy uh, kind of yelling voice then he did his whispering thing and then he came off of all of that gimmick stuff and just rapped for a minute in his regular voice and i was like wow because i even thought it was almost another person and it was really 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 cool so i i give him that that uh and again this is something and again i know the fellas get uh you know get uh frustrated with me in this but you can't tell me that from the from the late 80s through the early 2000s that artists were doing things that were interesting things that were you know complicated things that were you know and just my biggest thing is they were interesting they were doing different stuff they weren't stuck on the same thing 
And I appreciate that. And again, you can give me something as raunchy and rowdy as the stuff Ludacris did, but you can give it to me in a way that makes me think it's not the same thing. And I'm a, that's what I would say that really motivates me to still promote, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, ratchet hip hop because it was different. There was different. But the stuff we're hearing today, same, 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 same. Plug in this artist, plug in this producer and put out an album. That's me. And I'm sorry to be that old dude saying that. But when I do hear stuff that I think is interesting and new, again, just like the YG track, that's probably going to blow up this entire summer. It's not, you know, it is it is ratchet rap, but I still like it because it's different than the stuff that's out right now. And I'll leave that with you and just say, uh, Kev or Re uh, Reaper, jump in there. Well, I will just say it is unfortunate that the trap sound, the the trap era, whatever you want to call it, has uh, lasted as long as it has. And rather than searching for a new sound, people just copy trap beats you know they just copy the, the the sound and just make more and more of the same it's really gonna take you know a, a pharrell or a or not pharrell pharrell but a pharrell or a you know a timberland or somebody that's got a new sound to come in and just because again i don't even know if we acknowledge that but um pharrell was out you know in the 90s with nori with nori with uh Khalise. but it you could argue when he did shake it fast and uh danger that that's what pushed him over the top because like nelly hot in here and you know some of the other stuff that he did after that you know mystical stuff came first so if it wasn't for those mystical songs would he have been pushed into that like new hemisphere of everybody that's out from 2000 to 2004 or 5 gotta have their first single or a song with pharrell and the neptunes you know what i mean so it'll just take someone like that to have like a unique sound because even Pharrell was like using instruments and just sounds like that didn't sound like nobody else that was out. And even like Kanye and Just Blaze with the samples and stuff like that, um, which RZA did first. I'll always say that. But like it'll, like I said, just take somebody that might even be a kid right now. That might be 19, 20, 21 to make a couple of songs that, you know, get a little bit of buzz. But like just that one banger that comes out, who knows, three, four, five years from now that just don't sound like nothing that's out and uh, for us to get out of the trap sound. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, like, let's take this song, uh, Move, in particular. It, it was a, um, I don't know how, if you had a producer today to do a song similar to Move, what the, how, how would the youth of today perceive that song? And, you know, my initial thoughts was like, would it would it cause a fight or would the fight escalate to something more? And and it's you know, and I'm just sitting here like, man, maybe I'm just so out of touch as to how the kids today they listen to music or how they receive music. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but I mean, just like you know, we said earlier with Erica Banks, how you know how she used the um how her and the producer used this this crime mob song to um, just create this single. And I mean, you know, crime mob has some ignorant stuff, but you know, like I said, like I keep saying, like, Nuck If You Buck is, is a song like, 
test me if you want to, and we're gonna you you know what I'm saying we're gonna get into it. <laughs> and I mean, pretty, it's a song about fighting, pretty much. But you still like you can go on Twitter right now. You can go on TikTok. I mean, you can go on any social media app, and it's you see remnants of Nuck if you buck on there, and it's like, you know what? This, this song's what damn near twenty years, if if not twenty years old. I mean, it still has an impact today. So I can't say you know, per se, that, you know, songs like Move wouldn't have an impact today, or I I actually think if, if I think if, if a song that was made, you know, similar to Move would be a hit today, it'll be a huge hit today, but at the same time, I think that the bass line that Beats by the Pound and Manny Fresh created, I mean, if, if you want to say it's a New Orleans thing, I wouldn't argue that point, but it's something about that baseline for these, these songs that they made. It, it was always a hit. Like you got move, you got make them say, uh, or even like back that thing, back that thing up. Or even uh juvenile's first single. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's a crazy ass baseline, but it, it works. And, and I'm, and I'm totally surprised that, you know, it was something that didn't really, catch on and and people just abuse the hell out of it i mean it just kind of it just seemed like it just stayed within that late that mid the mid 90s and kind of stopped in the early 2000s like you were saying earlier about little wayne but i don't know why you know i don't know why they really didn't transition well because it's i mean it's songs like that's 20 years old that you can play right now and they still hits people still gonna dance to it and people still gonna react to it. But you know what else though? Cause like back that thing up is more bounce twerk. That stuff still exists, but like move, uh, Nuck If You Buck, the other song that Mystical did with Little John, I Don't Give a, or What You Gonna Do, or B.I.B.I. These kind of songs were like some were precursors to, to crunk, but then some of them were a part of like the crunk era. You know what I mean? Like down south, like chant anthems, you know what I mean? Like who you with, where you yeah. from. Who you with? You know what I mean? And it, that stuff is cool, but like, just like G Funk, G Funk was engineered for the most part by Dr. Dre. You could throw DJ Quick in there, you could throw DJ Pooh in there, but it's mostly Dr. Dre's sound. Crunk and the down south sort of chanting anthems, for all intents and purposes, beginning in with Little John. And once Little John moved on, once Dr. Dre moved on, that's why we don't have G Funk music no more. That's why we don't have Crunk. And down south, chant at least from Atlanta, chanting anthems anymore. So I was just thinking about that yesterday too when I was listening to Little John and Mystical. Maybe someone should bring that back. Maybe do some chanting again. Maybe like because even a uh, hustle and flow at the end of the two thousands would whip that trick. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it, you gotta get somebody that knows how that style works, the chanting and the because even Little John doesn't have a whole bunch of lyricism, but. Dropping bows on them, dropping bows on. I got the east side with me, and then you know, north side, south side. You know, you gotta have. But it worked. I'm not saying that doesn't work, but I'm saying you gotta get somebody that had not only has the energy, but has the sound, but knows the the structure of that music to, or else it'll just sound like a bad ripoff. You know what I mean? So, okay, let me ask this then. But by the fact, you know, you two guys are DJs and. And, you, and you're always quoting, you know, 
you know, BPMs, you know, maybe they did play this BPM or this, the song would have sounded different. Do you think that songs, you know, sub 70 are the norm today or producers today are afraid to go, you know, faster or, I mean, what do you think it is now? Um, I'd say it's the, it's the norm. It's the wave. It's the, you know, one of those synonyms. Also, if you look at, again, hip hop, the hipness or the, 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 the age range of most producers, you start with Lex Luger and, and Metro and, you know, Turbo, maybe not Turbo, but Metro and Lex Luger are a little bit older. They're like mid to late twenties. But again, people that are coming out after looking toward them as like it's the lineage thing metro and lex luger looked at dj tomp and they looked at little john and they looked at people before them people below them look at lex luger and look at metro and then it'll keep trickling down people will look at turbo or look at you know zaytoven is a little bit older but like uh pierre or um and it's just, it'll just keep being younger and younger and younger so i think it'll keep staying the same until somebody that's 15 16 17 making beats in their bedroom now on a macbook can look at pharrell at 23 24 25 rather than turbo or pierre or anybody that's making a trap song you see what i'm saying yeah and uh it could change sure but it's just you you look at because a lot of you know rappers even or producers they or maybe even djs to an extent you there's a there's one rapper that made you want to rap there's one producer that made you want to make beats there's probably a dj or two that you saw that you like their style that made you want to be a dj or you copied their style or you you know even like eminem when he first came out he said he couldn't get a record deal because people said he sounded like nas and it wasn't until he got his own you know into the slim shady era that he got more recognition so a lot of young producers are probably copying or trying to be like people that are out, not just because it's the wave, but because they're inspired by that. We need someone to take the plunge and say, I'm going to make something that sounds different, that sounds like Little John Crunk or that sounds like G-Funk or sounds like whatever, whatever, or something new. And then somebody to be inspired by that and then keep that wave going. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know. Because not... not not to say that there's no bangers that's 70 BPM or not, because there's a ton. And and they don't all have to even be trap or like 2020 trap or 2015 to 2020 trap. But like speed is part of the issue, but the sound is part of the issue too. Right. No, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. You know, it's just I do miss music like, like, you know, like, the majority of these songs that mystical you know he recorded and and that he released the singles it's just you know where where do we go from here like you know um i, I think it was cardi b and she said something like uh a lot of the male rappers their music is too slow and she was like you know they need to you know they need to turn up the 808s and and make more music for the clubs and and make music that girls or women want to dance to more. And she was like, that's, you know, that's, that's her ultimate goal to have, you know, these club hits. 
that that people want to listen to and, and play in the clubs and request on the radio. And, you know, it's like, yeah, when is everybody going to really catch up, though? It's like, it's not to say that to go away from the trap stuff, but it doesn't hurt. Like you said, it doesn't hurt to do something different. Yeah. And I mean, I think we're on the right track with City Girls, with Megan, you know, people like that. That's just like. But that's females, though. But again, it's because even like Beat King is like, you know, some of his stuff is slower, but he's like, like his moniker is the club guy. Like he just make stuff about booty shaking and I'm not trying to be the best rapper, but that's okay. Like Little John wasn't aiming to be the best rapper, but he had a a a, a, a motive. You know what I mean? A, a mo. And didn't he do? Didn't Beat King do the the Erica Banks song? Took that. Uh, I don't know if he did the beat. He's on one of the verses. I don't know if he did the beat or not, though. Okay. Okay. But um, but again, it's, that's a slow one too. And like I said, some Beat King stuff is faster. Some of it is slower. But um, yeah, like I said, just need somebody to. And we're on the right track, I think, with Twerk Jams making a comeback, Double Time Snares, quicker stuff for the club. But, like, the, you know, that's the thing. Like, if you – you got to have stuff for people in the club that's going to dance, and most people that's going to be dancing are, are ladies, you know. If you get ladies on the floor, dudes going to be in there. Nobody's trying to go into a club with a whole bunch of dudes. True. And I think that's why Mystical was able to – Garner success because he had a lot of club bangers that the women love to shake their butt to. <laughs> Keep them booties shaking, man. You know, fun fun fact, and uh, here we can go ahead and wrap this up so we don't go too long. But um, he said that uh, Shake It Fast originally it was called something else, and it was supposed to be a a flow song. Like he was supposed to be. That's why the first part, you know, it has like the 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 really hard. You know, he comes in super hot with that first bar. He follows it up with some really like tough rhymes. And he said the engineer was in the studio was just like, bro, this is this is a booty shaking song. Like you need to say something about the women. That's why the, the second part is like uh talking about the 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 uh the, the long boots with the I can't think of the lyrics right now, but you you know what I'm saying. And so it started off as one thing and like morphed into another thing, which is which is really interesting. But yeah, man, uh that was the old school artist spotlight, uh mystical. Y'all go out of y'all way. Even if you don't pull up a full mystical album, pull up the, uh, like B.Y. said, I think it's called Prince of the South, The Hits. It's like just the greatest hits record. There's a handful of songs on there that's worth uh, throwing in rotation, especially if you aren't familiar with those songs. Um, and the Tarantula album, we didn't acknowledge that much. It came out after Let's Get Ready. It's a sleeper album. There's some really good songs on there. Tarantula, the title track, uh, Big Truck Driver, is another good one. Some good songs in there, man. So, yeah, play the uh, applause, be wise. All right, and that was our old school uh, spotlight of our man Mystical. All right, take us out of here, Reaver. All right, uh, we appreciate everybody out there in Radio Land listening to us. Uh, we did the old school artist spotlight for Mystical, and we reviewed Diary of the Flow Queen, Erica Banks. Um, I said stream. The other two fellas said don't stream. But um, yeah, that's neither here nor there. Make sure you check us out here each and every week. Stitcher, Downcast, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Mixer or Rap. Uh, Kev, let them know the uh, social media plugs. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, follow us on um, Mixer Rap Pod on the Twitter. 
on Instagram and Mixed Air Rap on Twitter. Uh, Reaper, where can they find you at? As always, you can find me at the three one three kid T H E three one three K I D. Instagram, Twitter, WeChat. Send me a message if you're on that Asia thing or Mixcloud if you're looking for some DJ mixes. I just uploaded Latinos in El Trap, a seventy five minute or so hour and some change uh, Latin trap mix. So if you're hip to Bad Bunny and J Balvin and and the like, uh, go ahead and throw that on. It's 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 cool. It's like not, I don't want to say typical trap, but like Atlanta trap or stuff that you would hear on the radio. Some of it has like melodies over the trap sound. Some of it is down tempo. Some of it is up tempo. It's, it's a really uh, unique listen if you haven't heard Latin trap before. I would appreciate that if you uh, get on there and listen to that. Get uh, get a couple of streams going. Yeah, we're we're discussing what we're gonna do for next week. So just keep it locked. Uh be wise, do your thing. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. Peace. <laughs>